Welcome to BIPAC News on the Jewish TV channel. I'm Andrew Pesson, your campus correspondent and also campus bureau editor of the Algeminer. So please be sure to head over to algeminer.com and sign up for the daily newsletter to stay abreast of all news of interest and concern to Jews and Israel, as well as, of course, following us here on BIPAC. I also moderate a Facebook group called Anti-Zionism on Campus. So if you're on Facebook, please come join us and follow me on Twitter or what was formerly known as Twitter uh, to stay on top of all campus news in particular. For more about me and my work, please do visit andrewpesson.com. As for the campus scene for Jews and Israel, it's hard not to think that we are entering dark times eerily reminiscent of earlier very dark times. In 2018, I published a book called Anti-Zionism on Campus, documenting not merely the hostility, but the, but the explicit and visceral hatred of Jews in Israel on many campuses, which had already begun transforming from feelings and words to discriminating and harassing behaviors. It's only gotten worse in the five years since then, and perhaps no university has taken a darker turn than the CUNY system, the City University of New York and its many campuses. With us today in the belly of the beast is CUNY professor Jeffrey Lax to inform us just what the heck is going on at that once prestigious institution, once known for welcoming and harboring Jews and now increasingly known for purging them. Jeffrey will, Professor Lax will hopefully tell us a little bit about what's happening there um, and maybe share a few ideas about what we, our viewers can do to help fight back at CUNY and elsewhere. So. Jeffrey Lax is professor of law in the business department of Kingsborough Community College of the CUNY system. Jeffrey, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Andrew. Uh, it, it's a pleasure. You are the um, the face of the fight against anti-Semitism on campus. As far as I, I'm concerned, I'm a big I'm a big fan of yours. I consider you a personal hero, fearless not afraid to stand up to and fight back for the the rights of Jews to flourish on campuses. So um, maybe we could begin by you're telling us a little bit about just who you are and how you came to this position. Wow, that, that was some introduction. I think we need a better face. Uh, yeah, right. I, I don't consider myself the face of the fight, but thank you for those kind words. Um, I, listen, I never planned on being where I am right now. It was never my plan to go teach at CUNY and be involved in such a horrific battle that we very much are on the ground fighting. What I wanted to do was teach. I, yeah. I would have loved nothing more than to be teaching for the past 20 years and enjoying my classroom and, you know, seeing the light bulb go off on students' heads. And unfortunately, that's not something that is the uh, the luxury of a Jewish, especially a Zionist, specifically Jewish person. Uh, nowadays, and, and the fight's been very tough, but um, uh, this is not someplace I ever uh, saw myself being, but I but I will say at the same time, and I, I take pride in saying this, I truly feel a deep privilege to, to be able to take on this fight because I there's not one moment, not one day that goes by that I don't think of my grandparents who were Holocaust survivors and my great-grandparents who were probably gassed to death. We don't really know, but they were murdered in the Holocaust. And so this that is very much a part of, um, you know, the, it, it, it never felt like a choice to me. Like none of this felt feels like a choice. It feels yeah. like it was, you're doing this, okay? You have to do this because of where you come from. 
And so when I see the horrors going on at, like you said, at a once prestigious uh, institution, and I went to CUNY, I was a proud graduate of Brooklyn College. I went to Baruch and I taught at Brooklyn College and I taught at Baruch. Um, so I was a proud graduate. And like you said, it was once a safe haven for Jews, very much so. Um, but that time has changed. That time has changed very much. And I look forward to, unfortunately, sharing some of that with you in our right. conversation. Right. You know, it just occurs to me, my parents went to Brooklyn. Both my parents went to Brooklyn College as well. I didn't realize I had the personal stake uh, in this situation. Um, and thank you for those motivational, inspiring words, right? This is not just a small issue affecting one or two people. It's really the Jewish people, I think, collectively are under, under siege on uh, many campuses in the North uh, in North America and the West in general. Um, and the, the battle has come to us. And thank goodness we have some individuals who stand up to ac accept that challenge. So thank you again. Um, maybe you can tell us then how and where did this problem start? Take us through a basic chronology of, of this turn to the darker side. When did it begin? And what are some of at least the major steps or events? Because there, there have been many. I think the best way to frame where we are and where we were is that it's become at CUNY, and I think it's happening elsewhere too, but there are, I see my safe CUNY sign went off right as the interview started, these technical glitches. But I think our group, uh, and we're very much a grassroots, we've become a very large network at CUNY that is exposing a lot of this. I think this is happening a lot of places, like you, like you said, across the country. I just think we're exposing it in a way that has not been done at other campuses and universities, and that needs to be done. Yeah. Um, and I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of the fact that we're able to get into every nook and cranny at CUNY. They have no idea. I mean, if they knew how connected we were, the politicians don't know, CUNY doesn't know, we are connected. Every We break virtually every story connected to a Jewish issue at CUNY, whether it's anti-Semitism or something related to anti-Semitism. But to answer your question, I'm sorry to go off on a little bit of a tangent. No, let me just interrupt you. So yes. SAFE CUNY is the acronym for the group you founded, and we'll come to talk a little bit more about that yes. later. But this is this is the group that's taking on the battle against anti-Semitism on the, on the CUNY campuses. And if you're on the site formerly known as Twitter, um, I do recommend you follow SAFE CUNY because they are regularly breaking important stories. I know I follow that closely in my work for the Algaminer. So uh, kudos to you for doing the investigative work that that, that let's say Jew Jewish leadership should be doing, but you're you're exposing to the light what's happening there. So with that back, said, work. all right. With that said, so take us through the chronology a little bit. When did the turn begin and what are some of the major steps and events? Well, so I think the big thing to understand here is when this transformed from you know, many individual anti-Semitic events to truly systemic anti-Semitism from yeah. the highest levels. Because I think that's the big shift here. Listen, we're Jews. We understand that anti-Semitism has existed since the beginning of, of Judaism. Uh, so we understand that. But CUNY, uh, you know, I started to realize only a couple of years ago that this wasn't just that CUNY was tolerating anti-Semitic events, because we know there are anti-Semitic student groups. We know right. there are anti-Semitic faculty groups. We know there are hatches of groups of people everywhere who are anti-Semitic. There are good people, there are bad people in every group. Um, and so you kind of expect that to happen. And 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 for a long time, the complaint against CUNY was, you're not dealing with the anti-Semitism. You're not handling 
the anti-Semitism. You're not addressing the anti-Semitism. But we realized a couple of years ago, for the first time, really, that's not what's going on. CUNY is actually systemically anti-Semitic. They're causing the anti-Semitism. They actually are pushing the environment. They are actually supporting and not more than enabling, I would say causing the environment. And, and let me give you the most prominent example at CUNY, which I think is, is just so um, uh, profound that CUNY's chief of discrimination, the head of discrimination, the chief diversity officer across the entire university. So we're talking about the largest university, urban university in the country, 240,000 students, 25 campuses. The top person in charge of discrimination is Sally Abadallah. Now that is systemized anti-Semitism. Why? Because Sally Abadallah was a former director of CARE Minnesota. Now CARE Minnesota, for those who don't know, is not just a CARE chapter. It is one CARE, of the most extreme. Let me clarify. CARE is C-A-I-R. That's the acronym. And it is the Council on Arab Islamic Relations, Arab American Relations, I believe is what it stands for. Uh, I'm sorry. Arab yeah, I believe American so. Islamic Relations, Council for yes, American yes, Islamic yes. Relations. Yes. So it's an it's an Islamic advocacy group in the United States. So yes, it's not Israel relations. Yeah, no. right. Um, so she was a former director of CARE Minnesota, and she also led the BDS effort at that chapter. Um, and so she is the head of discrimination at CUNY. So that means she's also in charge of, of anti-Semitism at CUNY because right. she's the top discrimination officer. In fact, when I filed uh, a discrimination complaint about a year ago, she was put in charge of investigating my complaint. And I said, what? Right. I, well, I before we get email. to that, before we get to that, yeah. so just so you know, just so we're clear. So um, you I don't know if that was a Freudian slip or you've spoken sort of in that sort of double entendre meaning when you say that she's in, she's in charge of anti-Semitism and she's in charge of discrimination. Strictly speaking, she's in charge of policing anti-Semitism and re rejecting discrimination. But what you essentially have, I said, it's like a wolf in the hen house sort of situation where you have someone who represented an organization that many, many Jews would consider anti-Semitic in its policies and behavior, that person is put in charge of adjudicating discrimination against Jews on a campus. So th there's something clearly problematic about that kind of appointment. And then you're pointing out in your particular case um, that she was brought in to adjudicate over your complaint about anti-Semitism. Yeah. And I I asked her. Yeah, you, you phrased that very well, and I, I I may have misspoke. I meant she was in charge of handling anti. Yeah, right, right. I know, but um, yeah. On the other hand, your point is the systemic nature of this. When you appoint when you appoint this person with this worldview in charge of handling discrimination, then at least when it comes to Jews, they are very likely to be perpetuating that discrimination, which is the systemic nature of it. Yeah, and and Andrew, it's not hypothetical. We already have concrete, horrifying examples of the results of having a situation like this. There, there are serious ramifications and consequences of having a care director, not just a care director, a BDS. She led the BDS effort at Care Minnesota. There are serious active consequences right now for professors across the university, for Jewish Zionist professors are under investigation by CUNY for filing anti-Semitism complaints because those complaints right. were filed against uh, radical Islamist uh, anti-Semitism. So because it was against that kind of anti-Semitism, see, this is what happens 
when you have a care director BDS activist in charge. This would never happen if you had a neutral person. Is she the one who has instituted these investigations? Is she the one who makes the decision that these professors need to be investigated? Not necessarily, but she's in charge of the entire process, meaning in charge of the process, right? Meaning and the way it applies so directly, let me tell you how it how to apply. You're asking a really important question because I don't want to accuse her of being involved in every investigation. She's not. She's she's the top dog, right? She's the person in charge of everything. She's not getting involved in each individual campus's situation. But I do hold her and the and the chancellor hired her. The chancellor saw on her resume care Minnesota. Uh, that's on her resume. Um, but on CUNY's discrimination, if you go to, if you type in, go on uh, Google and type in CUNY discrimination portal. So on their main discrimination portal page where you file discrimination complaints, they list the Jerusalem Declaration of Anti-Semitism. Now, the Jerusalem Declaration of Anti-Semitism, which is drafted in part by Peter Beinart and is endorsed by CARE, does not get on that page by accident. Um, for those not familiar with it, it undermines IRA. IRA is also on CUNY's page, but That's it basically the International talks- Holocaust Remembrance Association or Alliance that have formulated a very influential definition of anti-Semitism. And just for our viewers, the key the key bit about the IRA definition not only is it an internationally embraced, very widely adopted definition of anti-Semitism, but it includes as possible examples of anti-Semitism um, various. Uh, um, outrageous statements and claims that are made against the state of Israel. So it allows that anti-Zionism under certain circumstances can be understood as anti-Semitism, which is really, I think, the crucial um, argument point here. And the Jerusalem Declaration, as you're pointing out, was deliberately formulated to undermine IRA and therefore to promote anti-Israel activism and hostility. Yeah, and not just, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Now, does that seem accurate to you? Is that an accurate? Yes, I would right. add just one thing to that. Yeah. Not just anti-Israel act. I hate to frame it that way because it's really not the way I look at it. I look, I don't look at it as pro-Israel, anti-Israel. I look at it as, you know, the way Zionist Jews are treated here in America on our campuses. Very right. big difference. I don't exactly. get involved in discussions about Israeli policy. Frankly, I don't know that much about Israeli politics. My Zionism is connected solely to my biblical belief that Jews are connected to the land of Israel. And if if the Arabs were in control of Israel today, my Zionism would remain completely unchanged. And I mean that sincerely because my Zionism is connected not to the state of Israel, not to a government, not to policies. It's connected to land, land that I consider holy. And so that the Jerusalem Declaration, the JDA, allows Zionist Jews basically to be classified as racists if they complain against the Islamist BDS, you know, that type of radical, you know, the the settler colonial Jewish supremacy, apartheid garbage, which have really become anti-Semitic tropes. Right. That definition allows Jews like me to be classified as racist. And therefore, if I file a complaint against BDS activism that discriminates against me, I can be investigated. And this is not hypothetical. It's happening this to is me actually and happening right now. faculty members. Let us pause and just um, savor, that's a euphemism, this Orwellian moment, right? Where the Jew who is being harassed and ostracized and discriminated against raises a complaint about that treatment and is classed as the aggressor 
racist and therefore is the one who's being investigated. So the very act of standing up for one's Jewish identity and in particular for standing up for one's Zionism is classified as a racist act subject to investigation and penalty. That's the situation. And that is built into the system because yes. they've appointed a, a care person to oversee discrimination cases who imported the Jerusalem Declaration of Anti-Semitism, which allows basically proud Jewish behavior to count as racist. Um, and uh, under those circumstances, Jews at CUNY, in particular Jews who consider themselves Zionists, don't have much of a chance, do they? No. Don't have much no. of a chance. And as you've said, it's not hypothetical. There's now four professors who have raised complaints about discriminatory treatment against them and against Jews on campus who are being investigated as if they're the, they're the criminals in effect. All right, let's go back a little bit, though. So this 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 is, I think, you've made a very powerful case for the systemic nature of the problem. Can you take us the chronology? So when did this turn begin and what are some of like the big events in the last few years that um, become indicative of this really dark turn? Well, um, I think that it begins with the leadership of CUNY. I think it goes to the very top. I think the chancellor, like everyone else, I initially thought the chancellor is just not handling anti-Semitism well. He can't be anti-Semitic. He can't be he can't be so anti-Zionist. He can't be pro-BDS. But we've been shown quite the opposite. We, he has defended Sally Abadallah. He has defended that appointment. He, he hired her, out, you said, right? He he actively hired or at least approved of the appointment. He, he hired her and he issued a statement that I don't have directly in front of me, but it essentially said that uh, the principles that she worked for under care are consistent with CUNY's principles. I mean, he literally put out language aligning CUNY's principles with CARE's principles. This is an organization that has been connected to Hamas, that the FBI won't work with anymore, that has been classified as an unindicted co-conspirator in the biggest terror financing case in American history, the Holy Land case. So he has actually embraced CARE and embraced this. So I... I to me, it's who you have leading the organization. And the chancellor at this point, I would say, engage, I don't know him personally, but regularly employs an ideology that is actively anti-Semitic and that seeks to implement anti-Semitic principles and policies into the system. And I don't know how anybody could say otherwise when you have the JDA. By the way, for your watchers who don't know this, the Jerusalem Declaration has been adopted by zero, zero entities in the world. Zero. The Biden administration. Well, Q recently, CUNY. Yeah. CUNY. What did One. I say? CUNY. You said zero. CUNY has adopted it. They. They. Well, I wouldn't say they've adopted it. They've. They've. They've issued it as a an option to okay. to use. And the problem is that the chief diversity officer is choosing to use that option. So I guess right. you could say that it, it's a. I don't know if it's semantics. I, I, got, I want to be careful about what yeah, I right. say. Um, but zero entities have adopted the JDA. Um, and even the Biden administration recently took on a controversial definition of anti-Semitism with the nexus definition. They rejected the JDA thinking it's too extreme. People were upset about nexus. Nexus is not as extreme as the JDA. So the Biden administration has rejected it, uh, rejected it. Everyone has rejected it, but not this chancellor, not CUNY. They've implemented it and they're using it to persecute Jewish Zionist 
complainers of anti-Semitism. That's stunning. And that's you, you almost can't believe this is really happening and this is really true. And yet it, yet it is. I know you've also mentioned that um, amongst the senior leadership in the CUNY system, how many how many Jewish individuals are left amongst the senior ranks? Zero. CUNY? Zero. Right. And Zero. what was what was that number a few years back, roughly? Well, first of all, CUNY was formed as a university in 1961. So in since 1961, this is the first time it has ever happened that of the I think it's 45 senior leadership at, at CUNY Central, there are zero Jewish people employed. It's never even been close to that before. It's been a methodical, premeditated course of action that's been taken. Make no doubt about that, because it's never been close to this number before. But you've seen it happen over the past number of years. I would say the past eight, seven, eight, nine years has been a precipitous decline in Jewish leadership positions at CUNY, not just senior leadership positions, but college presidents. There are 25 college presidents, obviously, for the 25 campuses. This year, the Hunter College uh, president, Rob, was the last Jewish president. She resigned, and there were no more Jewish presidents left at CUNY. So senior leaders, and now they have an interim. Now, we pressured CUNY. We, we, we put them under a lot of pressure for having no senior leaders who were Jewish, and they were going to have no Jewish presidents that were Jewish. So what they do, in response to our pressure, which they were very well aware of, they appointed an interim Jewish president uh, from the Soros, who works for the Soros Foundation, um, to be the interim president at Hunter. But she's not a permanent president. So there are zero permanent Jewish presidents now in 20% New York. In 20% New York. that That is a statistical imp. I'm not a stats professor, but I can ask right. someone in my department who is. Right. I believe it's a statistical impossibility in 20% Jewish New York to have zero senior administrators who are Jewish, zero permanent presidents who are Jewish. And by the way, at my campus, Andrew, in 22% Jewish Brooklyn, so Jewish is, uh, sorry, Brooklyn's Jewish population exceeds that of New York City. There are now zero senior administrators at my campus. Zero. We used to have eight, nine, ten. It, it's unbelievable how... It pervasive this is. Let's let's remember CUNY is a public university. It's an urban university is meant to serve the needs of the people who live in the city of New York, primarily 20% of whom are Jews, 22% of whom in Brooklyn are Jews. And yet the leadership um, now features zero Jews, zero Jews, which I think uh, Jeffrey's point is, of course, that this, that doesn't happen statistically by accident. One does suspect that deliberate decisions have been made. And, and no doubt, just to for three seconds, think about the other side, New York City has increased its diversity in all sorts of ways. And no doubt it's important to have diversity of representation and senior leadership. One might expect that percentage of Jews might go down over the years as one embraces other demographics, et cetera. But to go down to zero is um, is is shocking. It is purging, which is why I use that word uh, in the introduction at the top of our discussion. So we have this systemic problem. We have a care person appointed by the chance of a diversity. We've had Jewish leadership entirely removed. Um, any other big events of the last? Well, let me mention, I know I first started becoming alert to problems at CUNY. It was about three years ago when um, a young woman in the CUNY Law School, which seems to be a particular hotspot for this discussion, young woman, uh, a young Jewish Zionist woman in the CUNY Law School um, was essentially harassed out of the school. And she wrote up her story about the treatment she received because she didn't hate Israel, basically. 
Uh, and it was made clear primarily by fellow students at the time that there was no place in the student body for a Zionist Jew. Um, and, sh and she left. I think that was around 2020 or so. And then since then, there have been a number of really big events, things that just like fireworks exploding, bad fireworks exploding, bombs exploding, maybe is a better uh, metaphor there. Um, the CUNY Law School, uh, its student body has endorsed BDS, its entire faculty endorsed BDS, which is a stunning, in my opinion, a stunning violation of academic integrity. The idea that faculty collectively take a political position in general is very problematic. But of course, what one political position do large groups of faculty take? It's to boycott Israel, right? So uh, so the CUNY Law School faculty endorsed BDS. Um, and then the union. Can you tell us a little bit about um, the union, the uh, um, what's the name of the union again? It's the, the academic PSC, union. The Professional Staff Congress. Professional Staff Congress, which is the professional union of uh, faculty and staff in the CUNY yeah, system? Yes, yes. Uh, and and it was, wasn't it until recently obligatory to be a member of that? Like that was, right? Yes. It's expected that every employee uh, of whom there are many, many thousands have to pay membership dues and be part of this union. So tell us a little bit about what what's happened in that union over the last couple of years. Yeah, until the Supreme Court case, the Janus case, um, and now they've lost a lot of membership and especially a lot of Jewish professors and staff have resigned because they had they adopted a, a a BDS supportive resolution in 2021, I believe it was. Give or take, um, yeah, I'm sorry. And uh, and 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 you know we led a movement to have uh, faculty members resign. Actually, it wasn't we weren't called Safe CUNY quite yet, but it was kind of a precursor group to Safe CUNY. And uh, uh, around 300, we got, in a matter of months, um, we helped 300 professors resign. And it's interesting the union. Um, three years ago, had over twenty eight thousand members. Today, it has about twenty three thousand members. So that's I don't a stunning think, drop. Right? It's a that's... stunning drop. Now I can't claim responsibility for anywhere right. near that number. I, I'm not sure I can explain why the number is so large. That's up to the union to do that. But there's no question about it that Jews feel disenfranchised. And listen, our own you you, you can go on Twitter and see this. The delegates of our own union, our own representatives. And even though I resigned from the union, they still represent me as a bargaining union in terms of my ter my employment terms right. and conditions, uh, the terms and conditions of my employment. They represent me and they're not doing anything to fight the anti-Semitism and they don't care about that. issue. I'm sorry. They're adopting and perpetuating it when this entire yeah. union adopts a BDS resolution for all yeah. of its members who are you know obliged to either pay dues or forcefully resign. Right. So so. The Jewish employees, this is, again, staff, faculty and staff, are necessarily represented by a union which is antagonistic to their interests. Not just, I, and, yeah, and by the way, uh, not just tacitly and not just with resolutions, right. but there are union delegates who, again, are our reps. They represent us, whether we want them to or not, are chanting Zionism out of CUNY. They are actually organizing rallies there's a group of delegates in our union that organizes rallies with chants of Zionism out of CUNY. Right. How can and that be? Not just Zionism, but also Zionists, right? Which are, of course, the They're Jews, careful the to say Zion. They're careful about that. I have yeah. not yet heard from them, from that group, Zionists, because there are still a couple of Zionists left uh, on the delegate assembly of the union. 
Right. But that is what they're saying. I mean, Zionism. Well, out of like, it does. It's not meaningful to say Zionism out of CUNY. What you mean is anyone representing or right. supporting Zionism, i.e. Zionists, which are the Jews. And I know that in the law school, a number of the students there were, were part of or founders of an organization called Within Our Lifetime that have had rallies. And I'm quite sure they use the word Zionists, but I, I could be wrong about that. But think about what they're demanding. They're demanding that nobody who supports Zionism is welcome in a CUNY campus, That's quite right. explicit CUNY law, and it's members of the union. So given the discrimination concerns that Jeff has already taken us through, you would think the first place you would go is to your union for support in this employ this discrimination that you're facing. But the union sides with the discriminators. Um, and you've got this large scale movement across multiple campuses that say Zionists, Zionism, and therefore Zionists are not welcome on this campus, which is, of right. course, since at least the significant majority of Jews consider themselves Zionists in one form or another, that is a code word for Jews are not welcome on this campus. Jews are yeah, not welcome. And on our this union campus. is never going to oppose the Jerusalem Declaration of Anti Semitism being on our discrimination page. That's right, because the they support it. Oppose. Yeah. Right. So you've made an unbelievably compelling case for the systemic nature of the anti-Semitism and the hostile environment. And what what must it be like to be a professor? Think about just as a, from a faculty perspective, an academic freedom point of view, when you want to explore areas of research, who's teaching about Israel on those campuses, on any of these campuses? How would one feel to teach even anything about Israel, even to mention Israel on a campus when this is the framework and the environment it's going to um, it, it can't help but suppress accurate scholarly teaching and research with respect to Israel, which means the only people speaking about Israel on these campuses are going to be the haters of Israel who regularly spread all sorts of defamatory lies about Israel. And that's what's going to be educating the next generation of CUNY students. Right. So this is this is what we're looking at. Um, this is the clear implications of this movement. Tell me, so um, you mentioned it was in response to the union adopting the BDS resolution, many resigned and a group of you started fighting back and that was the genesis of your group, Safe CUNY. So can you tell us a little bit about what Safe CUNY, what the journey of Safe CUNY has looked, what does that stand for first of all? And um, what has its journey looked like? Where are you now? So uh, yeah, thanks for that question. It stands for Students and Faculty for Equality, Safe. Uh, CUNY, obviously, uh, we know what that is, the University of New York. Um, and it it really did, it really was very much a grassroots organization. In it started in response to the union adopting this pro-BDS resolution. It started out as a group of professors who were, you know, had it up to here and started resigning. And then we organized a movement to get more professors to resign from the union. Um, and then from that, it grew into, again, very much an organic network of people throughout the university who were who started to come to us and tell us the anti-Semitism they were experiencing on their campuses. And it, it grew and it grew. And, you know, as I said in the beginning, I'm so proud of this now that there is so much information out there. And one great example is the fact that there are no Jews left in the senior administration at CUNY, which is unbelievable. That information would never have come out in a million years if not for the people who research this type of thing and who know about right. this type of thing from the inside. Right. Who, the who would notice? Like as an outsider, you, you wouldn't notice, right? Like who pays nobody. attention from outside to who's being appointed? And one by one, the Jews are removed from the, the administrative roles. And that's why we're so hated. 
we're hated not just by CUNY, we're also hated by the politicians who are enabling this at CUNY, which is a very important concept that I hope we'll get into a little bit because you can't protect them anymore because we're going to put that information out there. That's the only thing we have going for us. We don't have money. We don't have funding. We don't have very uh, powerful political connections. We have nothing, which might be our greatest asset because it enables us just to tell the truth about how horrible things are. And this is how horrible things are. But now they know there are people who are very well aware. This is why we're so hated. This is why I have like a huge target on my head because they know that we're going to put that information out there and they can't stand it. And this would have never come out. There are so many things that would have never come out over the past couple of years if we didn't have this network. These amazing people who know I mean, really, the deepest crevices of CUNY, we have people you're, there. You're on the ground, right? You, these are the people on the ground, ground, living it, experiencing it, directly aware of it. And, and you know, our, our, go on. I would say also to the people who feel, because they've been acting with impunity for so many years, Andrew, that I will say this with pride. We are in rooms that you would never expect us to be in. I want them to know that. they. I don't think they realize we have people everywhere we hear th- something. We hear things from rooms they would never in a million years expect us to hear things from, and I want them to know that. I don't want to yeah. hide that because this needs to stop. This needs to end. Right. They need to start acting uh, humanely towards Jewish people. Yeah. So you know, we focused on the the higher level, the systemic nature of the problem. But uh, you know, as you point out, once you start talking to individuals, then you get the the daily abuses, right? The day to day anti-Semitic incidents. Each one individually is just an isolated case. But when you understand that the system and the environment is ill disposed towards Jews, that's only going to magnify and amplify the day to day encounters, making life um, intolerable for many Jewish people on that campus on a day on a day to day basis. Let me ask a quick question. Um, These four investigations you've mentioned, four professors are being investigated and under the rubric of like discrimination. is termination a possible outcome of an of such an investigation? Do you know? I don't know. Um, recently, a politician said, uh, Ina Vernikoff, a councilwoman from New York, um, who I am extremely disappointed in her handling or lack of handling of this situation. She recently came out and said the reason she hasn't spoken out, because we've begged her and Councilman Dinowitz and Councilman Yeager to speak out about the four Zionist Jewish professors literally placed under investigation for com- for filing complaints right. about anti-Semitism. We have begged them to speak out in support of these professors. And she was recently interviewed by the Jewish Link. And she said to the Jewish Link, well, there's no evidence that they are they are being um they're going to be fired. There's no evidence that they, they might be fired. Well, she has no idea. I have no idea. CUNY does not discuss personnel policy with anybody, let alone a politician. So she's lying. She's lying to all her constituents, all the Jews in her communities. Why? Why would you lie about that? You don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be fired. But I'll tell you one thing. It doesn't matter. We're subject to an inquisition. There is a literal inquisition of Zionist Jewish faculty members. And you're not speaking out about it, that Jewish Zionist professors shouldn't be investigated because... They filed anti-Semitism complaints about a Jewish hatred on their campuses. And you're saying, well, they're not, they haven't been fired yet. 
Right. By the it, way, it, it, you say that when we know that there are no more Jews left in the central administration in the senior right. leadership. So who's a Jew to turn to on appeal when there's no one in the leadership, right? Right. And so e even if they're not fired, it's it's certainly it teaches everyone else to shut up because but undergoing an investigation, whatever the possible yes. consequence, the investigation itself is punitive. Um, yes. uh, and whatever the possible punitive consequences, even if they're short of firing, are absolutely going to dissuade anybody from speaking up. Right. And so what's going to happen is Jews will quietly leave. They'll leave the institution because nobody wants to be in a place where you're not welcome. And that's a euphemism. No one wants to be in a place where you are hated and ch and chased out. And that's what's happening here. Well, yeah, Maybe the message could... the message to Zionist Jews is you better not complain because we're going to investigate you. Right. By the way, what would Councilwoman Vernikoff say to a student? Well, you haven't been expelled yet, so we're not going to support your complaint of anti-Semitism. What would her response be to a freshman student? whose professor said to, by the way, there was recently um, a situation at Kingsborough where an Orthodox Jewish student went up to his professor and said, you know, I have to celebrate these, these holidays uh, in the fall. Can, can I please get the work, you know, and do it on the side? And can I get an accommodation? I'm, I'm very conscientious and I really want to do the work. Right. And the professor said to that student, if you wanted off for Jewish holidays, you should have gone to a Jewish school. Uh, wow. Matthew Gartner, I want the name to be out there. Matthew that's, Gartner said that to the student. And so it. now this student, let's say, this student was very upset, okay? Um, because I've seen documents of, of this compl complaint. We're, we're in possession of documents of what happened. And it's not actually not in dispute what happened. Um, and this student now, imagine he goes and complains that my professor said I should have gone to a Jewish school if I wanted to be able to get an account, a religious accommodation Right, which violates CUNY policies. So would Councilwoman Vernikoff say to that student, well, you he hasn't been given you an F yet, so you really shouldn't complain. Right. Uh, it's stunning. It's all the way down to the level of students, right? It's just, it's yes. it's faculty, it's staff, it's administration, it's students. Um, you've mentioned a little bit about this, council, this councilwoman. Uh, since we're, we're coming towards the end, uh, maybe you could say, um, so this you've expressed disappointment the way some of the local politicians are either failing to respond, or I know in some cases you have a stronger line, they're actually contributing to the problem. Um, can you say a little bit about um, Jewish leadership off campus, uh, local Jewish federations? Um, is Who's supporting you, if anybody? Uh, who's an obstacle to the work of Safe CUNY in your perspective uh, amongst sort of Jewish leadership in general off, outside the campus? Well, I want to emphasize that the overwhelming majority of Jewish organizations are absolutely amazing. And I, I hate to start listing great groups because there are so many. And if I miss one, someone's going to get upset at me. But the, my personal favorites, the Lawfare Project, StopAntiSemitism.org, Stand With Us, ZOA, AMCHA Initiative. I'm sure I'm forgetting some amazing organizations. Academic Engagement Network, I would academic, put in a Miriam plug Elman for them. Academic Engagement Network, absolutely, 100%. So there, and I'm so sorry for the many that I forgot. I'm so sorry. Don't, and the algaminer for covering everything. The algaminer for covering the, it. Yes. Um, but I want to, I do want to focus on the ones that are actually in charge at CUNY. CUNY has, CUNY knows where to go. CUNY savvy. Okay. They know who they can work with. They know who will cover up and enable the anti-Semitism. And so they pick those groups. They're working with JCRC. JCRC New York is horrible. They have no. They they put on wonderful parades every year. They are a wonderful Jewish cultural group, just like Hillel, and Hillel and JCRC both to me they're the same. 
They have no business fighting anti-Semitism. A, they don't know how to fight it. B, the way they approach it is despicable. I mean, they're they're literally enabling it at CUNY because JCRC and Hillel were both in the room that negotiated the discrimination portal that, that has the Jerusalem Declaration of Anti-Semitism on it and that has Sally Abadala in charge of it. And I, I want to say that I spoke with leaders at JCRC, and when I told them, you don't have a problem with a former director of care who led the BDS movement there being in charge of discrimination at CUNY. And he said to me, Mr. Gilbert, the current CEO, at that time he was a COO, said to me, well, where someone once worked really shouldn't be held against them. And I said, really? I said, so if Sally Abadala was the communications director for the KKK, you would have no problem with her taking over the, the CDO role at CUNY? I didn't get an answer. Of uh, course. How do you um, answer that question? Yeah, that's a that's yeah. a despicable position. And that's JCRC's right. position is to cover up for CUNY. Hillel does the same thing. They're one, I was a president of my Hillel when I was in college. So it's not that I have anything against these groups in general for cultural, the cultural things that they do, but they have no business fighting anti-Semitism. That's not what they're meant to do. And they actually care more about their positions of power and ingratiating themselves to these leaders that are anti-Semites. They won't meet with us, by the way, but they will sit down with the actual oppressors of the Jews on our campuses. That is disgusting. Yeah. So uh, uh, viewers should be made aware there's a relatively new group called uh, the Jewish Leadership Project, which has begun a campaign in the past year to just call attention to Jewish leadership organizations, such as Jewish federations, Jewish alliances, and in some cases, Hillel, et cetera, and really question whether they're doing the work they need to be doing to combat the situation that we're talking about today. So uh, if others share these concerns, I definitely recommend looking into the Jewish Leadership Project, just recently published a book sort of laying out their set of concerns. Um, all right, um, as we, we come to the end, let me ask you if you have any ideas, any suggestions, what can we, concerned viewers, concerned outsiders, people who care for um, the, the status and state of and welfare of Jews on various campuses, and in particular on the CUNY campus, uh, as well as care about how Israel is represented on these campuses, that Israel should not be a pariah that's subject to uh, def defamatory lies and hatred, uh, not to mention BDS, etc. What can we who are not on your campus do to help you in your battle? Um, on your campus? Any ideas, any suggestions? Well, especially for students, and I know that a lot of students are aware, and I know high schools now, and even grade schools, I've been asked to speak to seventh graders about this. They're preparing students even as young as seventh grade now right. in Jewish schools and yeshivas uh, for what's going on on the campuses. I would encourage people, um, students especially, don't hold back talk about what you see. The, the only way that we're going to save ourselves is by saving ourselves. And, you know, now you have resources, you have places to go. Safe CUNY is a safe space for Jewish, for just for Zionist Jews. You can come to us, we'll help you. We work with lawyers, we work with many Jewish groups. Have, have student CUNY students come to you also? Like to Absolutely. Consult? Yeah, okay. Absolutely. And we've helped students. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 that's what we hope to fill that void that currently exists where students don't feel they have a place to go. You do have a place to go now. Follow us on Twitter. Send us a message. 
If you want to tell a story, but you want to uh, remain anonymous, we absolutely respect the anonymity and we'll put something out there if you want us to anonymously, or we can help you very often behind the scenes, which we have done actually many, many times. We just don't, we're not able to talk about it. So uh, I'm sure, uh, do you have a website? Is there a place people can send donations and contributions to support you in that work? Not uh, Well, we do have a website, safecuny.com. Uh, we are hoping we're actually in the final stages of applying for 501c3 status. Okay. So soon, too bad not before this airs, uh, but yeah. we hope soon to have 501c3 status where we will, we will be able to take donations. But okay. so far, we're not funded and we're not able to collect money. But I do appreciate right. that question. Our our Twitter is the most um, robust platform right now. So it's at SafeCUNY, which went down on my okay. screen, but uh, at SafeCUNY. Um, and you can contact us there, follow us there. And right. you can send us an email, either a tip. You can send us an anonymous tip at tips at SafeCUNY.com or send us an email with any situation you want to discuss, info at SafeCUNY.com. Okay. And what is your website too? Did you mention that? CUNY, it's uh, safecuny.com. Safecuny.com. Okay. Yeah. Um, and is, is it helpful for outsiders to email CUNY administrators, to email the chancellor to express their concern? Or is that just sort of a waste of time in your opinion? Very helpful. Uh, helpful. Okay. Many of the campaign, we've run a couple of campaigns that have been very effective. It's better, the, it's better to organize a campaign and get a bunch of people to do it with you. But definitely you should email the chancellor uh, email Bill Thompson, who's the chair of the board of direct of the board of trustees of CUNY. Um, you know, w- when they get dozens of emails, it does make a difference. They have meetings, okay. they get upset about it, and, and sometimes they may act. Fo- following you, following your group on Twitter, Safe CUNY, is the way to be informed of these things and right, and be informed of what's happening and know when and how maybe to coordinate and organize various ways of of responding. Um, all right, I think we should probably wrap it up there. That's all for today. Um, Do remember to sign up for the algaminer.com daily newsletter. Please join my Facebook group, Anti-Zionism on Campus. If you're on Facebook, follow me on Twitter as well, Andrew Pesson. Um, And check back, of course, with BIPAC regularly, where, in fact, uh, we will be debuting a um, regular campus news roundup shortly to help you stay on top of what's going on on campuses. For the Jewish TV channel and BIPAC news, I'm Andrew Pesson, and hope to see you back here soon. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.